Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Work Party, the podcast where we are throwing out the rule book and bringing you real talk and hot takes on what is happening in the working world right now, because life moves fast. If we've learned anything from the past few years, it's that the only constant is change. And we can't pretend everything is status quo. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and it's Hot Take Time, where we ask guests to let us in on a fresh POV that they feel super passionate about. From spicy money talk to unexpected relationship advice, love them or hate them, agree or disagree, these piping hot and sometimes controversial takes will get you thinking. So let's get into it. On today's episode, I'm joined by Cheval, formerly known as one of the world's most sought-after wedding dress designers, turned entrepreneur and advocate for young women and creatives. After becoming one of the most well-known names in her industry and growing and nurturing a community of over 1 million followers on Instagram, Cheval found herself facing legal issues that would eventually take away all of what she had worked for, including the use of her own name. Her resilience and sunny-side-up attitude has turned an intense turning point moment into silver linings, very real takeaways, and one hot take we absolutely love. Welcome, Cheval. Yay, thanks for having me. Amazing. So you're on an episode of Hot Takes, which means you're giving me a hot, spicy take on something you've experienced that you're passionate about. So hit us with your hot take. My hot take is do not forget yourself while chasing down your dreams. I mean, just alone means so much is so powerful, but knowing you and your story, a whole other level. So walk us through a little bit about, you know, what's your POV on this hot take specifically for your situation? I think we are bombarded with so many ideas of what our sense of self should be and what our purpose is. And a lot of us are so achievement oriented that it can be really difficult to hold on to who you really are. And in all that I've been through in losing the rights to use my name in any business or commerce or even to publicly identify, as well as my right to work in my chosen trade for a five-year period, you know, I've really had to reassess and like come up with a new perspective on life and identity and who I am. And what I've realized is I've actually become more of who I really am through all of this And, you know, obviously easier said than done, but it's all about manifesting your own destiny, you know, and just gripping onto those things that are the strongest bits of you. So for listeners who might not be as familiar with your story, can you give us like a Cliff Notes version of 
your background. I mean, I know that's impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of just sort of the Cliff Notes version of what has happened. I was formerly known as a wedding dress designer from the show Say Yes to the Dress. Amazing experience there. And I signed a contract at 25 years old. It was an employment contract for a head designer position. And at the time, I gave rights for my name to be trademarked because it was the name that was used for the bridal collection I was designing. And, you know, flash forward years of an amazing, a lot of amazing chapters, I came to the table and negotiating a new contract because I felt that circumstances that did not exist at the time of signing really needed to be factored in and a lot of things needed to be reassessed. And, you know, I was met with a really strong disagreement. And the contract that I had signed without a lawyer, you know, years prior was now coming to to head and really being interpreted and argued in ways that did not reflect my experience. Long story short, we were involved in this negotiation period and it resulted in my former employer suing me in federal court for the right of my name, among other things, Mm. and my social media. Well, what I considered to be my personal social media accounts I had to transfer over. And till that moment, I had been operating it as if it was my personal account. So that was pretty terrifying. Big invasion, invasion, sorry, on privacy. But yeah, it's a, it was a shaky period of time. And now I've been in a two-year litigation. It's ongoing. But in effort to find a way forward, I have changed my name publicly. And then I've changed my trade. I'm in shoes now. I love it. I love it. We're yeah. going to get into all of this. So, I mean, obviously, to your point, 25 years old, when you're signing a contract, like I always joke with my first business and eventually I had a business partner breakup. We printed it off LegalZoom. Like I was just like, great, sign on the dotted line. Yep. Because in your mind, you're starting something that's so exciting. You never think about all the things that could happen because it doesn't feel possible really at that time or at that moment, you know. So what were some of looking back now, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. like what were some of those red flags that you were like, mm, I should have like pushed harder on that or I should have thought more about that. Or even for someone who's listening, who's like, I don't want that to happen to me. What should I be looking out for? I think in general, women have pretty good intuition. And a lot of times we second guess ourselves or we feel like you have to be a team player. And a few things that I would see as red flags now is if you're ever feeling really pressured to do something or that like you have to give more of yourself an effort for somebody else to feel comfortable or something like that, you know, that's something you should pay attention to. Mm. And while obviously the contract I signed was very nuanced, you know, I didn't really understand fully contract law. I definitely came with a good skill set. I went to a great college, but I was never really taught how to read these kind of things. And that's also part of what our nonprofit now does is like providing resources and, you know, how you can break down these contracts and really understand them and how they Mm. could be interpreted. Hiring a lawyer and realizing that you don't have to be everything to everyone is so important that you can be enthusiastic and so excited and be like in your mind committed and all in without actually giving all of it away without even knowing it, you know? (laughs) Totally. I mean, I relate to this so much because I think it's a few different things. One is being a young creative and being given an opportunity is very exciting, right? But then the other thing is, is like, and I think this also might be a female thing is like, you don't want to push back too much and lose the opportunity. So you're kind of in this weird gray area of like, even if I got a lawyer, which usually when you're a young creative, you don't have deep pockets to get you know the best possible legal team. You don't know right. where to start, whatever it might be. But let's just say you even did. And I've been in a lot of negotiations where I've been like, just say yes, because I don't want to lose this. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important. Like what you touch on is that if you have that gut feeling and you feel like something's wrong, be okay to walk away. 
or it, say no. Yes. It should never be one-sided. And relating to exactly what you just said about like, I'm afraid if I don't do this, I will lose the opportunity. You know, if that's something that is going on in your mind, maybe you should think about abundance and how many other potential opportunities there could be with another partner that potentially wouldn't ask you to do these things, you know, and like, I'm just speaking very generally there, but that is something to consider. And in this whole process is like, how are you feeling? You know, and I feel like I was really hell bent on like, what can I do? What can I bring to the table that I think at the time I really overlooked and took took for granted that I would be protected and I would have mm. somebody looking out for me someday, you know, and obviously was not the case. Yeah. I mean, it's hard too. I think when you're working with people in business that you like working with, you love, everyone loves each other. Everyone loves each other until they hate each other. And it's really like business is business at the end of the day. And I think that's a hard pill to swallow when you work with people you really like or admire or a company you admire or whatever it is. That's a tough lesson learned. I think that, you know, takes time and experience to kind of get through to realize like, a lot of these things, especially larger corporations, very transactional. So for you, obviously, this is so deeply rooted in your personal identity. It's your name. It's your trade. It's what you love. It's what you're passionate about. When all of this goes down, I can't imagine the identity crisis that you kind of went through where you're like, what's next? How do I navigate this? So can you walk us through that time period a little bit? Yeah. So there was three factors involved. It was obviously the name usage and then the social media accounts and then my really my livelihood, which was the trade I went all in on. I planned my whole life to be a wedding dress designer and then I studied it and did all my industry experience in that. So when I look at those three things, you know, in a way feeling like there's this great sense of loss and Mm. that like there's a huge fall from grace, I realized the hardest part was my craft because I wrapped up so much of my purpose and gift in that. And as somebody that identifies as like, I have a lot of self-conscious things in my life, as do a lot of women. And I was really confident at what I could do. Mm. And it took a long time to get to where I was at. But it got to a point where I was like, I'm so glad I'm doing this because I feel like I'm meant to do it. And I'm really good at it. And that's hard to like get to in life as many people know. And it's like, I felt like when I finally got to that point, then I felt stripped from it. So then I was like, what do I do with myself, (laughs) you know? And so that was where the biggest crisis I experienced was because with the name, I kind of just put it in this, like, that is ridiculous to me. Mm -hmm. I will never understand that. And so I almost got to just put it in like in a ludicrous file of like, that doesn't make sense. I'll just come up with a new name, you know, and like Fine, yeah. I came move forward into my friends and family. Like there's no way you could ever convince them that my name is not what it is, you know? So like, fine. But the the social media accounts at first was harder than the name because I was like, these are my relationships. And like, I felt so authentic in my expression there. And what I realized is the minute you go out and start something else, the true people follow follow, and yeah. you're, they're supporting you and they're still there. And those relationships, no one will have entitlement over. And so I was like, well, that's a blessing. Right. And then the third was the sense of self in my livelihood and compromising, you know, everything I had worked for. And that was the where the grieving really happened. And I think because I had faced a lot of blows, I was like, I'm pretty good at dealing with adversity. Like, let's Let's figure out what I'm going to do with my life here. And so changing my trade and doing something where I felt like, okay, I can design in some facet. It has to be non-competitive. How can I transfer the skill set a bit? So shoes is where I felt like 
I had something to say and that there could be some fun elements there that I could still feel a sense of self, which yeah. which I have found, which is great. That's but, exciting. I, I can't yeah. wait to dive into that. One of the things that I loved about following your story was a few different things. One is that, as I mentioned early on, like I went through a pretty bad business partner breakup. This is like a thousand years ago, first company. And I didn't tell anyone about it. I was so embarrassed. I had so much shame around it. Oh, I didn't yeah. want to talk about it because I was like, I think it makes me look like a bad business person. And I don't want people to think the business is bad or all these different things. And what I loved about you was like, you got on Instagram and you were very vulnerable vulnerable about like, here's what's happening. It's crazy. But like, this is what's going on. And you kind of like gave all of us a bird's eye view into what you were going through, which probably took a lot of courage. Can you talk to us a little bit about being vulnerable on social media, how it helped you or maybe it hurt you in some ways or like what what the pros and cons were of of sharing your story? Obviously, the pro being, you, you know, so many women, I'm sure, learned incredible lessons through that. Yeah, I hope that they have. And social media is so interesting now because I do feel like there is this moment of being a professional victim that I I sense sometimes where mm. I'm like, oh, gosh, like I, I want to tell my story, but at the same time be very aware of the privileges that I have and have some perspective, have some grounding of like, it can be so much worse, you know? So like, there is that delicate balance there. And of course, all of life is relative. But I think when you choose to go public with something, you just have to take as much as accountability as possible. Mm. To the truth for me is very important. I My constitution is always very honest. And because I was dealing with such a like foreign darkness, I wanted to make sure that I did not lose my sense of self in that I became dark. You know, so it's like you can have those moments where you unpack and like really feel sad, but you just don't want to live in that space and you don't want it to actually change the the fiber of what represents you. Yep. So I think that, you know, speaking to anyone that is thinking, you know, I need to share my story because it could potentially benefit somebody else. I do think you have to look at it through a lens of how can I also serve other people and not just, you know, get this off my chest. And for a while, I actually felt like, gosh, I told this really horrifying, you know, cautionary tale to a lot of people. What is the solution? And so telling the journey of, okay, I've launched a nonprofit and I've gone into a new trade. There are solutions to it. You know, that's where I feel like there is an arch and a rainbow really at the end of the storm, even though the storm is still very much going on. But it, it can be really tricky. And a lot of things can be weaponized that you never thought possible. But I will say just having a really strong support system and being able to rely on people that truly, really do want to see you get through it and aren't looking to take you down while mm. you're already on the ground. Yeah, take you know, while you're down. That's, that's important. When it comes to writing out your to-do list, a task like getting life insurance may not be top of mind. It's easy to put it on the back burner when you're juggling work demands, obligations to family and friends, or just life in general. Thankfully, there's a hassle-free, affordable option that makes the process faster than your next coffee break. That's where Quillity comes in. The award-winning InsureTech company was co-founded by a working mom and partner, so they get it. Life is busy, work is crazy, and digging into a topic like life insurance isn't always the best party subject. Thankfully, Quilty simplifies the life insurance process, and it's so quick that you can secure coverage in between teams' calls and never miss a beat. With Quilty, you can get life insurance in just 10 minutes or less. The process is 100% online and broken down into three easy steps. One, get your quote. Two, complete your application. And three, submit your payment and sign. What's more? 
Coolity has a nationwide network of over 5,000 licensed agents who can provide expert advice and guidance to help you find the best policy. While you may think that this doesn't pertain to you if you already have employer coverage, there's more to consider. About one in four insurance owners only have workplace coverage rather than workplace coverage and an individual policy. Normally, life insurance policies from your employer are capped at one to two times your salary. But Quility recommends that you take into consideration your monthly expenses, your loved ones who depend on your income, and your overall lifestyle. All things considered, you may not have enough coverage. Even so, it's always a good idea to have your own policy if you ever leave your employer. Looking to sign up or learn more information? Quility has created a special life insurance guide just for work party listeners. So visit quility.com slash work party to learn more. That's Q-U-I-L-I-T-Y dot C-O-M slash work party for more information. The best time to get life insurance doesn't exist, but the easiest way does with Quility. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture every Tuesday, okay? I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. Talk to us about this new chapter. Tell us a little bit about the nonprofit and then obviously your shoe brand and how you approached it this time around. What, you know, what did you do differently? What did you do the same? How did you think about it when you were going into this? I tried to actually not focus on business being business because I felt like what I had gone through, it was so human motivated in a lot of ways that I just realized I wanted to work with people I really, really trusted and believed in and had a strong constitution that I could relate to. Mm-hmm. And so I did find that with two of my co-founders. They're amazing. I could talk about them forever. Actually, one came with, you know, came over from my previous mm-hmm. chapter. And so we've had a strong bond for years. And another I met through the Yale School of Management. And she and I actually planned to launch the foundation first, but we wound up going into launch the shoe brand first. So she is Cheval is the name of the shoe collection. And Cheval is the French word for horse. It's the name I came up with and I'm just excited to own and and step forward in. And it was just something that made me feel like I can harness my own, you know, future. And so she is Cheval. The phrase lets me think about she is whatever she wants to be, Mm -hmm. you know, like she gets to decide. And so I love the phrase. So the brand is kind of all about, you know, storytelling and also like moving forward one step in front of the other. Yeah, literally one (laughs) shoe in front of the other. One sparkly shoe in front of the other. (laughs) And obviously your direction is much more important than the speed in this case. But it's been an amazing journey and shoemaking, learning it has been a challenge that I'm grateful for because it's a category I never envisioned being in, and it's allowed me to reach even more women because being in bridal, typically you have specific. to be engaged, you yeah, know, yeah. and now Very I'm like specific moment in time. returning customer and, you know, all this other stuff. And I think the other big exciting thing is that I've been really focused on the numbers because I'm such a creative. Totally. But I'm like, oh, I don't need to know the numbers. I need to know the numbers. Like yes. that was something I did not really pay attention to in my last world. So, you know, we've been really efficient in trying to think smart about it. But the foundation, A Girl You Might Know, is really about providing resources and a community and a comfort to young creatives and artists that could potentially be taken advantage of in Mm -hmm. one-sided corporate contracts or 
are vulnerable to predatorial behavior. And, you know, it's it's all very general because you see this happening in a number of different industries. And after I did go public with my story, I had so many people that were like, oh, my gosh, I signed this terrible influencer agreement. Oh, my gosh, I'm under a non-compete for fitness. And it's been my whole life. You know, and you hear it from that side of it. And you just want to say there has to be another way to come up with a better arrangement. You know, when I really think about my contract and how it's being interpreted, it, it, that is just so not necessary mm. to be able to build a beautiful brand with with integrity and trust, in my opinion. But at the same token, you know, I am a capitalist and I am running a small business. Yeah. And so I do believe in contracts. I believe in IP protection and trademark protection. But I also feel like two things can be true and, yeah. and two things can coexist. You can have a passionate, amazing entrepreneur and creative that's ready to bring a an amazing return to a capital investor. But you can also have a capital investor that is not requiring, you know, X, Y, Z for you to be able to blossom, you know, or or trap you in a sense. So that's kind of the mission. Yeah. It's always what I refer to in business as like the human element, which I think like really reared its head for us in 2020, which was obviously as we were unraveling tons of events and every contract, the contract I'd used forever, that all of a sudden I was like, what does it say about force majeure? You know, like, what do we need to know? And, you know, that's when the clause come out. Everything's all good till it's not. And then it's one of those things where, you know, luckily we were very protected, but it was, it became the reality of like, yes, this is what the contract says. But yes, we're also in an unprecedented global pandemic and we are a small self-funded business. Like, where's the human element of like, okay, like, yes, this is on paper, correct? In reality is insane. Yeah. Like, and what's ethical as well? Is it right? Even if you can do it legally, is is it right? Is it right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So obviously your story is so specific, but we've also seen, you know, a lot of these things kind of pop up. I mean, Kate Spade is an example, you know, obviously Donna Karen, there's the Bobby Browns of the world. And I think that was one of those things. And Bobby actually was like one of the first episodes of Work Party. We talked a little bit about her getting out of her contract, starting her new thing, being able to call it certain things, being able to go back in that industry. What advice would you give to someone who's starting out and is like, I want to call my business my name? I actually, to this day, still believe it is a, it makes sense because so much of branding now is about identity. And like, that is how you can separate yourself from very diluted industries. I just think that if you decide to do it, you need to fully understand how to protect yourself and how to position it so that everyone can win. Because I do believe that you can do that. Compromises are required, but I think it's transparency and fully, you know, putting all the cards out on the table. I think when there's ever a conversation where, oh, we'll get to that later. Oh, it's negotiable or, you know, whatever is being said Mm. technically means nothing in a room. It should it should be on the contract. It should say it there. And so that's kind of what I am telling people now is like that's that is a hot take. (laughs) It is make sure that your rights are protected and that you're not afraid to ask those questions and have the tough questions up front, even if you're not a combative person and you're a people pleaser like me, you know, just do it. Just yeah. do it. <laughs> it's so true. And I, I've seen this happen to so many female founders, friends going through this, where it's like the people pleasing mentality of like, you just want to be liked and, you know, you, and especially you're the talent, you know, there's that saying where it's like, you want to be the one that's friendly and not combative and all these things, or be perceived as a difficult woman, which is something that we all have faced. Yes. But that is not the case. It is protecting yourself from what is 
eventually going to be possible of like a negative situation. Like I always tell everyone, I'm like, think through every worst case scenario. Like you end up hating your business partner. You end up whatever, like walk it through and put it in there and hopefully nothing ever happens and yes. you never have to yes. worry about it. Hopefully and like that's not. the reality. But like up until that point, you got to get it in writing. Yes, absolutely. Get the net set up. <laughs> yeah, get the net set up. Have the first fight early yeah. on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Learn how you fight and negotiate early on, whether it's business or relationships. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, it's a marriage. It's a relationship. You got to get those fights. You have to have those tough conversations, I think, early on as well. So you've taken such an optimistic approach to this entire situation. I saw it described as harnessing adversity into firepower. And I love that. I think that's so Aww. powerful. You chose to look at the sunny side up and you've said you believe in a good pivot and reimagining your own destiny. And to your point, you kind of mentioned earlier, like this could have been a life changing, dark thing for you that you may not have recovered from, that you may have gone in a totally different direction. For someone who's listening, who's going through something similar, maybe not exactly, but in that same vein of like a dark career moment where they love their job, they got laid off, they are breaking up with a business partner, they, you know, got a bad deal. What advice would you give them? I think I'd say prevailing is a choice. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm not going to make it seem like it's so easy. You know, you just got to be positive. Like that's, it's definitely not it. There's like a responsibility and the optimism there. I will say I do identify as somebody that's a very positive person in general. Like I like feeling good. I yeah. like making other people in the room feel good. You know, like that's just how I am. I like good energy. And so I, I put effort into that, you know, in, in any situation. And I think when you are going through something that's really dark, it's important to look at what is still there, you know, and and focus on what are the possibilities as opposed to dwelling on what's not right. And that takes a conscious effort. You know, it really does take a moment. And I was in Lake Tahoe with my fiance at the time when I was going through the hardest bit of the lawsuit and the fact that I was so close to home mm. and I was in a familiar place and we were lucky to have a roof over our head and I could still draw on paper, you know, and do anything I wanted behind the scenes, you know, in the dark hours of the night and unseen hours. Nonetheless, it gave myself permission to do whatever I wanted, even though I was under extreme conditions publicly and whatever. You know, I said I can still, you know, I have ownership of self. And like those things were really important. And a lot of times it comes down to the bare bones, you know, and I think broken people are not fragile. I actually think they've been put into a position where they can see very clearly what are those strong pieces that are left. If you have that gumption to say, you know what, I'm going to take those pieces with me, you know, and mm. and build something new. There's There's definitely a lot of opportunity and pride in that. And I hope anyone knows they're worth it. To, yeah. to do that to themselves. Oh. They owe it to themselves. So good. Yeah. And to tie back to the people-pleasing side of things, because I do think this is something specifically amongst women that we all are guilty of. Have you learned anything, any tips to move away from the people-pleasing and into a place of power? Oh, gosh. If I'm, I don't want to be disingenuous because I will say I'm still very much. Yeah, no, that's fair. Much that person. And I even just had this conversation with my sister. I was like, I'm afraid that I'm still like so trustworthy and mm. I still tell people too much, you know, and like in person when I got, when I get to know them, I'm like, I want to tell you everything. And so it's hard because I feel like that is my natural sense. Mm. But now that I know I need to still protect myself, it's all case by case. So I wouldn't say that there's like one thing that I've learned about me that is that is really helpful <laughs> to everyone, like in a general sense. But 
I don't know. It's just good to have enthusiasm for things. And yeah. like, if, if there is something you're passionate or excited about, don't lose that. Because to be excited, like, it's so wonderful. You yeah. know, that's why, like, I think with kids, like, I don't have kids yet, but like when they're young and they're like so excited about the ball pit, you know, or like a unicorn or like whatever, like that enthusiasm fades over time because yeah. we just get so, we get so bombarded with things in life. And if there's something that's lighting up your soul, it's like, it's worth paying attention to. I love that you still trust people a little too much because I, I feel the same way. I've been burned a thousand times in business and I still do that. And I, but I think that's actually makes you more vulnerable and more open to understanding, you know, to, to opportunity of what could possibly happen. And it's not that you're going into it blindly, you're cautiously optimistic, but I think that you could be hardened and you could be angry and you're not. And I think that's really powerful. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us and your hot take. Can you tell everyone where they can follow you as well as learn more about your nonprofit and the new shoe brand? Yes. So she is cheval.com. We're mainly online. We have a pop-up shop in New York City at the Seaport. Nice. Just great. It's right next to the Malibu Barbie Cafe. Uh, <laughs> so you can go Cute. get your Barbie-esque shoes and then go eat. And then we're doing various pop-ups around the United States. But you can follow us on Instagram at she is Cheval. And then I still have my All That Glitters on the Gram account, which is our podcast account. And that was what I used to go public with my story because I had to turn over what I thought was my personal account. And then a Girl You Might Know Foundation at a Girl You Might Know Foundation and a Girl You Might Know Foundation.org is so amazing. So many good tidbits. And yeah, for anyone who out there feels like they may be getting taken advantage of, definitely check that out. Hit me up. Yes. <laughs> I will help you. I'm amazing. in your corner. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Party. If you like what you heard, follow, leave a review, rate the pod, or slide into my DMs. Check out our membership program, Insiders, designed for go-getters and game changers like you. Sign up today at CreateCultivate.com. Follow us at Work Party and at Jacqueline R. Johnson on all platforms. And be sure to head to CreateCultivate.com to keep up with all the latest events, content, and community designed to help you level up your life and career. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.